Rush. Keep singing. Welcome to Between Sundays. I'm Tyler, and we are asking all the big questions today, like, why did God make humanity? How is God his own relationship? And if God wants me to be in community so bad, when am I going to get some solid me time? (laughs) Barry's here to give us all the answers, but before we grow closer, now that they're finished polishing off their social stamina, let's welcome in our favorite social butterflies, Marin and Barry. Good day, guys. Good day. Good day. Yeah, that was that was a doozy. We're here. (laughs) Here we are. Let's just let's just get started. Let what is why did God create man? Should I have completely not started with that question? Was that too much? (laughs) No, that was great. It felt relevant to me, but it's it's like you had to lay the foundation for what you were going to talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But those are the kind. I mean, I kind of think about those sorts of things all the time. So maybe, maybe you do. Yeah. Like, why did God create humanity? Yeah. Like massive philosophical questions that I just think about that while I'm driving along. Like, don't you ever while you're driving down the street, you're just like thinking about the fact that all humans are made up of basically like sunlight. Dirt, water, and no. uh, you don't think about that. Usually, I do. when I'm driving no, down I the definitely. street, I'm thinking about how much I want to run other people off the road. That's <laughs> not me. I think about it, but I think I quickly put those things out of my mind because, like you said, it just makes me want to take a nap. <laughs> no, I didn't know. No, it like Thought it like fires too me big. up. Yeah, time to lay down. <laughs> that's what I think. Time to, and that's not a good thing to be thinking while you're on the road. <laughs> yeah, time so, to lay down. Yeah, gotcha, uh, guys. Hey, what hi. is hi. new? What's happening? What's going on? I have not talked about rabbits I know. for weeks. That's my that's my uh, prompt for you. Did you- <laughs> <laughs> because we're coming up, we already passed a big milestone. We did. Yes. Big mi- t- so two big things. One, we've now had Humphrey for a year, which is awesome. So we just celebrated our, our yep, thank you, <laughs> the day that we brought him home. Uh, so that was fun. It's, it's kind of crazy. Liv and I have both been talking about the fact that it, it may sound ridiculous, but to some people, but man, he has really changed our life. Like he's changed having another creature that we are thinking about and caring yeah. for. I, obviously it's identical to having children. Yeah. Just but, the same, the same, <laughs> but having another, having another being in our, in our yeah. home, it's just, it's great. And, and Humphrey being Humphrey, he's, he's grumpy. He's, yeah, he's just as moody as ch- children. Yeah. Grumpy and opinionated. He is. And he's got, uh, anyway, well, we didn't realize how grumpy and opinionated he was until we brought Rue the other rabbit mm-hmm. that we've now adopted, we we brought her into our life, and she is the. I sp- love squirrel noises. <laughs> yeah, Thank you. she is kind and friendly, and never he like does this thing called boxing, where he'll when he's frustrated, he'll take his two little paws and go buh, buh, like he'll just like hit you with his paws, and she would never do that, and she would never nip at you. She's just like so. She's hey. super sweet. Yeah, super sweet. And now we're like, wait, Humphrey's a jerk this yeah. whole time. <laughs> All right, I got questions. Yeah. Because I've been I follow Humphrey on uh Instagram. Yes. Yep. And when Rue came into the picture, I remember specifically asking on this show, are we like romantic here? Are we Humphrey and Rue? Are is this a romantic thing? And you were very clear, no, this is a platonic deep relationship. <laughs> and on his Instagram, it says he's wife. saying wife. I know. Humphrey, what's what's going on? It's very confusing because they're they are fixed, so there's no little buns in the picture. But at the yeah. same time, it is kind of it is kind of a romantic relationship. They're basically being bonded for life. I think we'll let's change it and say that they're husband and wife, <laughs> uh, because because you know what they they really do. Uh, yeah. they go together. The picture so, was adorable though. Well, the, keep 
waiting because there's going to be more <laughs> and more and more of those because here's the deal. We've now started allowing Rue and Humphrey to go back and forth into each other's spaces during the day. And so she can now cohabitating. She, well, yeah, they're hanging out in the apartment all over the place. And it is, it is Marin shaking, shaking her head. head. She's shaking her head. Yeah. Oh. But they're now like, we're just sitting on the couch and they're both like jumping up on the couch and running around and like chasing each other. It's very cute. It is really cute. All right. The only problem is like I said about Humphrey being the jerk that he is, he always demands pets grooming from her where she has to like groom his head and then he never reciprocates. He never grooms her back. Is he supposed to though? He's supposed to, but I mean, sure he can be the dominant bun. Uh huh. Like (laughs) that's what she is. But at some point, you know, give a girl a, a head lick. You know, yeah. feed me. <laughs> anyway, so that's what's going on in our house. Right. We are. Did you throw a party or anything? Like, no, what? it oh. it kind of happened. It all happened so fast. We yeah. didn't even real. We never had like a wedding ceremony or anything. With bunnies, <laughs> is it usually a mutual thing though, or is it one is dominant? One and the is other dominant, is not? but it's like the dominant one gets groomed first, not only. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so Humphrey is not quite figured out and he's All just right. he's just a jerk we love him oh but he's goodness. a jerk and so yeah. we <laughs> he's our jerk yeah we, I mean, we he's we we they're great together and rue is very patient but she anyway doesn't matter so that's that's the rabbit situation at home humphrey's with us for a year and now he's got a uh a partner a, life, a, monog- a monogamous life partner. well congrats to everybody <laughs> we're very excited <laughs> Marin. Seriously, the picture was adorable, though. Like, so cute. Yeah. Have you, you seen, guys oh, should we go. Even, we're gonna listeners, to, go find the picture. Which it's one? On, on his Instagram? Yes. Which, by the way, we're going to have to rename it now Humphrey and Rue. Because yes. it was, it is Humphrey the Bun, but we're going to have to name it Humphrey and Rue pretty soon, because yeah. it's mostly pictures of both of them now. So, yeah. all right. That's all. That's all. No, for another few weeks, <laughs> I won't talk about rabbits anymore. I'm trying to limit well, myself. Well, I'm trying to think if I, uh, if I support that. What? Humphrey and Rue? Like a joint account. Because I'm thinking when humans do that, I don't support it. Yeah, but we're not going to make another account for Rue. I think it's precious. No, because it's like, who who who's talking to me right now? Is it They usually distinguish. I have oh, a couple of family members that do that, and they'll distinguish like who it is that's talking. <laughs> You're right, though. They'll put it their is, initials at the in, bottom of everything they post. It's do you, cute. Do you and Jed share accounts? We don't. <laughs> <laughs> but I can also say... That I wouldn't have an account of any kind if it weren't for Jed creating it for me. <laughs> oh, no. That's the truth. Really? Yeah. Come every on. social media I think you're, I've you're, ever had. You're active on Facebook. Um, Somewhat. Yeah. Yeah. But he made it for me. Oh. Yeah. Guess well, what's new with you then? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I had a busy weekend. Everything yes. is... Work, uh, started yeah, on Friday. Well, yes, Friday was the... Well, actually, your weekend started uh, Wednesday. Ooh. With the rehearsal? Yeah, because you did. rehearse Wednesday for Friday, you rehearse Thursday for yes. Sunday, yes. and then it's Friday, and then yes. Sunday. Also well, true. Yeah. That's all very so true. So you started almost a week ago. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of days that <laughs> your you Your weekend just, started a week yeah, ago. Yeah, it was just... Some weeks are like that when you've got more than one you know, service in the week. You've yeah, got so additional to, rehearsals and things like that. By explain way, to everybody what happened. I didn't say happened. anything. Friday was a highlight for me, but I didn't bring it up because I assumed we'd talk about it. Oh, we're talking so. about well, it right we'll now. We'll skip right over that. Yeah. We don't have to talk about that. <laughs> Why? No, let's talk about it. What were you rehearsing for on Wednesday? Wednesday was our rehearsal for the Rooted Celebration service, which was to take place on Friday. Yes. And so Wednesday was for Friday. (laughs) Thursday was for Sunday. It it was a leapfrog week. You you know, you practice for something on Wednesday that you're not doing till Friday, but between there, you've got to practice for Sunday. Like one event is just leapfrogging over the next. Okay. So this is the, this is the official second 
rooted celebration, right? Yeah. Yes. Second public yeah. open. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, how did it go? What, it was what happened? What happens there? Um, lots of celebrating. You're it's, asking that. You were there too. We were all there. I, guys, but, but, hey, I want to know from your standpoint because this was your first one, right? Yeah. But the yeah. art of broadcasting. <laughs> I'm the straight man. No. <laughs> I set you up to make you shine. Oh, but thank when I you. say what happened there, and you say Serving you were there, heart. don't you know? Like you're right. So uh, we're breaking the basic yeah. rules of broadcasting. Hey, I was never trained. I'm not. I'm not a journalist. Total yeah. novice. All right, Want so me to what, sing what, you something? What happens at a rooted celebration? It starts with a dinner, which was awesome because yeah. musicians get to eat some of that too. Mm-hmm. So that was really good. That's why that, we have it. That is why. Does we everyone have know it. what rooted is? We should probably explain what rooted is before we dive into the celebration. Do it, Pastor. Real quick. Rooted is a 10-week experience where people go through this small group experience. They go, they experience uh, prayer and service together, and they go really, really deep and have, yeah, it's just a good experience. And by the end, these groups have totally bonded, and it's there's a huge celebration to celebrate going through this experience together. Yeah. And there's often a lot of baptisms, which we'll talk about, and... It begins with dinner. So there we go. I've caught, I've caught us up. Not that wasn't a dinner at all. Nicely said. And it starts It starts with a kickoff service. And the tone. Week one. Yeah. Week one. The tone of that kickoff service. You guys signed up. You're in for 10 intensive weeks of discipleship. It's like a nervousness in the yeah. room. Right. It's like, and what, everybody's what are like, we doing? They're being put in groups often with people they've never met yeah. before. So everyone's yeah. a little bit like, oh. Total like anticipation kind of nervous energy uh-huh. in the room. But by the time we get to the celebration service, yeah. it's like. Everybody's BFF. Oh my it's goodness. Like the roof is blown off the Cannonballs in the baptismal. Yeah. Pretty, <laughs> Pretty much. much. I yeah. think someone might have tried to do a cannonball in the baptismal <laughs> yeah. this weekend. But. Yeah, lots of baptisms, lots and lots and lots of music, because there's okay. lots and lots and lots of baptisms. We had so, 45 baptisms on Friday night. Okay, so that's the final, <laughs> that's the official number. I believe number. that's the official number, yeah. All right, so yeah, this was my first uh, exposure to this, because I haven't, I haven't gone through the like public official rooted yet. I was part of the staff pilot, but um, I was, I was here for the rooted celebration, and Marin, you planned like 32 and a half songs for <laughs> no, the evening. No, I should have planned 32 yeah. and a half songs. Just a little insider information for Friends of the Pod only. We had a meeting. You were there. Our last meeting, I think, was Wednesday afternoon. Yeah. Where I believe I heard the number 16. Yeah, we had 16 <laughs> baptisms <laughs> planned. Confirmed. Yeah. So said, good. We're, we'll plan about eight songs for that. No, I planned in total 10 songs, which I feel like is a lot to give to my band and say, hey guys, I know you're used to doing like five, but yeah. eh, what about 10? Let's do 10. And I thought then that I had too much like, yeah, just kind of overcompensated. I've got more than I need so that I've <laughs> yeah. got some fallback songs in case it's baptisms better to be go over-prepared Right. I, I knew we were in trouble when we said, okay, so we'll begin baptisms now. And half of the oh room started walking down. But I mean, it's incredible. Of incredible. Course. And half of those people are the supporters. Like yeah. the family members were there for people who were being baptized. So yeah. it wasn't just people who went through the 10 weeks. There was a whole section next mm-hmm. to the baptismal that was family members and friends people supporting those who were candidates for baptism. Do we still say that? Candidates for baptism? Candidates? That was an old mm. church term. No, we not here. We don't say that. <laughs> um, so that was my favorite part. Because uh, usually in the past when we've had baptisms, it's like we reserve a space for like mm-hmm. friends and family. Yeah, not rooted celebrations. But rooted <laughs> celebrations, it's like everybody, everybody is 
in the face of the person getting baptized. Yeah, they're all like, huddled just like, around yeah, the... and like holding hands and cheering and I all have, that stuff. I have this one great photo of like all of these high school students mm-hmm. surrounding the baptismals, like cheering as one of their one of their own is because we had like three or four rooted groups. Yeah, yeah, yeah that went through it. But adults were, were doing all, that, like, doing that too. Totally, it, yeah. it's a very communal thing where maybe if baptisms are done, you know, on a weekend, you might have a parent there if it's a child or, you know, maybe one person, yeah. but you had like a crowd of people yeah, around no, that you. that was the best part, yeah. I thought. Yeah, that was and super, super had cool. Had a couple people who made the decision, well, several people who made the decision that night to get baptized. They were not planning on it, but then sure. they just were overwhelmed by the moment and felt yeah. like the spirit was calling them to move forward. And you had some moments that uh, there was a father and a son and the father was mm-hmm. like a, a group leader for the son who was a, one of the high school students and he helped baptize his son. And then he said, all right, it's my turn. And his son had wide eyes and just started weeping oh. because it was, he didn't know that his dad was going to get baptized. And so yeah. he got to help baptize his dad. It was like, Oh my word. It was, oh, just yeah, like, that was the best. And those are the stories I love hearing after the fact, cause I'm watching it happen and I know something deep is going on there, yeah. but I don't know the stories well enough personally. So I love the, the way those things unfold. After so one of my questions for you, Marin, cause you were leading basically for like an hour and a half. Yeah. <laughs> uh, are you paying attention to what's going on? Absolutely. Outside of what your band is doing, because absolutely, that's really. part so of you what saw, makes it so exhausting. You saw the interaction between, yeah, this father and son, and like different people getting baptized. Like, are you you're, you're just paying watching attention the screen, to? Right? I'm paying attention to what's happening. I'm getting uh, communications through my in ear monitor from the yeah. sound booth saying, "Okay, we've got ten more." Uh, you just need to play your first song over again because we <laughs> ran out of songs. There were so many baptisms. And then I'm communicating with the rest of the band as production is communicating with me. Yeah. It's just this, it's, there's a whole lot going on that you don't see. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I really wanted to be on the microphone in, in the band's ear to be like, you guys sound really good. Keep it up. Keep guys. it up. <laughs> I think it sounds nice. Keep singing. What was yeah. cool is that we had, we had, Marin, you, and then the three campus-based mm-hmm. worship leaders all leading together. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, that was that cool, was too. Cool. I was Although like, I, I was, was like, terrified that... Uh, okay, so Will Johnson, who leads worship over in Fishers, his mother-in-law got yes. baptized. Yeah. And he puts his guitar down and goes and hugs her. <laughs> and I don't... I mean, in the moment, I'm like, I'm sure nothing will happen, but what if he's plugged in somewhere with oh something? Goodness. I'm like, is he going to get electrocuted right now? And then... <laughs> Smash cut to like five minutes later, Ephraim's doing the same thing. Somebody yes. in his rooted group's getting baptized yes. and he's like sticking the microphone in his pocket and giving the person a hug yeah. I don't in think the those baptismal. Are, I don't think they're, there's not like electric current running. I mean, not like enough to like electrocute you to a microphone, I, is there? Well, it's, I don't a, know. it's an expensive piece of equipment well, that we don't want to drop in water. I, I see what you're saying. I don't you, think you just don't want an entire baptismal full of people to get electrocuted. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want people to die. Well, they didn't. Okay, good. Yay. Yeah, no, I was excited I, about that. I look forward to any opportunity we, the four of us, you know, staff worship leaders have a chance to actually worship together. We don't yeah. get to do that very often. Yeah. You know, yeah. we're all kind of subbing for one another here and there, and but getting a chance to just share it together. And really the thing that brought that about was when we recorded the why to live for song mm-hmm. and we're like, yeah. man, we're all doing this at the separate campuses, you know, for separate, you know, services, but it'd be really cool if we had a chance to all do it together. And then yeah. I said, well, we could do the the rooted celebration service together, which big shout out to Brad Becky. That was a lot for him to do, to do 10 songs 
with us on Friday and then turn around and yep. do a Saturday, two Saturday services, yeah. two Sunday services. Like he really got the the brunt of the hard work. But yeah. we were all texting each other after that service saying that it was by far the our favorite thing that we've done. Oh, that's cool. Grace so far. Like we had so much fun. Great. It's always nice when your stage gets uh, flooded by energetic high school students oh dancing God. and jumping. Yeah, that, that part was cool too. So at the end, at the end, there I don't know how many students there are, probably yeah, like 30. Awesome. 30, yeah, 30, 35, I think. Uh, from a variety of campuses, and they all rushed the stage on the last song and just, well, Barry did it. I, hey, you did it. <laughs> I may have inst- I may have just nudged. I knew they wanted to. I yeah. just nudged them along, so we all. That's awesome. So it everybody's really mosh pitting. Wait, is it mosh pitting or just jumping? I is there a, a lot difference? Of just There's jumping. a very big difference. Yeah. Yeah, extremely different. It was a lot there was of... no slam dancing involved. Okay. They were jumping. It was like just that jumping. thing where you jump with your one hand up and then you like bring your hand yeah. down the, as you the jump. The pogo. Is that what it's called? <laughs> a lot of, hey, 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 that's mosh pitting to me. <laughs> there was no. Yeah. What about the sinners? <laughs> what? We'll get them next time. Yeah. Anyway, Rooted. that was a lot of fun. Wave that was three. really cool. Yeah. And I think it felt, what what was cool is, okay, this is a lot, this is how many, I don't know how many, 800 people going through Rooted and only 30 or 40 of them were high school students, but they, they brought an incredible energy yeah. to the room. Mm-hmm. And it was this kind of thing where even if you were older and you just had a, a adult sort of experience in Rooted to see high schoolers who are passionate about their faith, who are getting baptized and celebrating each other. It's kind of like, wow, this is yeah. cool. Like you it can celebrate awesome. that. It's unlike any other service we do. I think Ephraim took a lap around the room at he one did, point and did. was high-fiving people. It was just he showed me yeah. his, so much He fun. showed me his little watch thing yeah. afterwards. He said, yeah, just during worship, I burned 2,000 calories. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> it was yeah. so much fun. Somebody in the lobby was pointing at the high school students and telling me like, yeah, well, I think we're in good hands. The future of Grace is in good hands. And I said, well, because all the high school kids come in like a theme. Yeah. Like the yeah. first time they dressed all in like prom. Like prom. Yeah. yeah. This well, this year they dressed up pajamas? in like pajamas. And I said, <laughs> you're talking about a bunch of kids that just look like they're about to go to bed. What makes you think we're in good hands? <laughs> but those kids, I, I know some of them. And uh, we did uh, Fishers and 146th Street groups, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And from everything I've heard coming out of those groups, those kids are yeah. solid. I can't yeah. wait for my kids to, to go through it. They yeah. haven't done it yet. All right. So that's the weekend. That's where we were. That's what happened. And where, were you at Fisher's this week? No, you were, no, you, I was you at were North at Indy this North weekend. Indy, that's right. Yep. Yep. Wow. Yep. And helping Saturday, Ephraim and I, after all of that, after the, the celebration service on Friday night, Saturday morning, we went to Carmel Middle School to help their students do with what? a song that they're doing in a play coming up in a month. His sister Ray is okay. directing a play and she needed some some help. All so right. we spent our day with about 41 middle schoolers. All right. Yes. It was an exhausting weekend. Great. Very enriching and fulfilling. Yeah. How are you, Tyler? What's new? Um, yeah, so I can't keep up with everything my son's into these days. <laughs> is, and his interests are changing that quickly. Yeah, it's like one moment it's wheels on the bus next moment it's like monster, monster trucks. trucks and now it is what is he into Zacchaeus oh he's into Zacchaeus he's in, he, <laughs> who hasn't had a Zacchaeus face <laughs> well he's really into like songs but the only song that he has wanted to sing in the last two days was 
It's raining, it's pouring me. And it's not even raining outside. He just wants to sing it over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Wait, isn't it just it's raining, it's pouring, the old man is snoring? Isn't that the song? Yeah, he went to bed and he bumped his head and he couldn't get up in the morning. Oh, there is more to it. Yeah, I only knew the first couple sentences. But that's all he wants to do is sing these one-off songs. But so... When we go to bed, I'm like, hey, do you want to sing songs or read books? He's always sing songs. But it's always like songs like that. And it it used to be like Jesus loves me or like we'd pray for our family members. But anytime it's like I start that now, it's like, no, 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 no. Rain. I'm like, oh, okay. We're raining. It's poor. <laughs> he just wants to sing that song. So that's my life right now. Well. That's pretty days. wild. I was trying yeah. to think. I'm trying to think of how you could like turn that song into something that means something. Yeah, you can't. It's just... But uh, he is he is old <laughs> enough to like ride a tricycle. Oh, that's fun. well, at least sit on it and I push it. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So it's been a little bit warmer the past few days, like 40 ish. Yeah. And uh, so he wants to go on walks. He's walk, was, yeah. walk, walk, walk. And so we go on the walk and I push his tricycle and it's fun. Was he even walking this time last year? No. With warmer weather. No. Oh yeah. This is he was, going like, to be just learning how to crawl last year of your life. Yeah. 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 So that's what's new. That is awesome. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about your sermon, Barry. All right. You are here. Well, you're here because you're a host, but you're here to tell us all about isolation and separation, but you started your sermon with, well, first of all, we started the sermon um, with with a video, okay? And I I, want to give a shout out. I don't usually do this, but... Shout out to the communications team. Yes, uh, I was going to do that. You stole my thunder. Oh, all right, you do it because it's weird because I'm a... Because the videos are so yeah, awesome. Yeah. Yes, they And there's so are. many of them. Could you imagine churning out six interview videos in three weeks? That's a lot. But they're all beautiful. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just touching, meaningful, so well put together. So yeah, this mighty, past weekend... Well done. Yeah, so the, we, have, we have a video uh, expert on our team. Uh, his name is Mighty Chandler. You probably know him by Mighty Chandler. Um... He's been here for a long time, been a part of Grace since day one, I think, or shortly thereafter. But Mm -hmm. now he's been a staff member for a while and uh, he basically does all of our videos. And um, yeah, he's made every video that we have shown the past few weeks uh, during this series. And this past weekend was Gerald Cozy, which featured how he's healing isolation and Kathy Foley, how she enters into separation. And I was watching it in North Indy and both videos got a, an applause. I don't mm. know if that happens everywhere, but I was just like, man, these are really connecting yes. in ways that maybe not every video does. And so, yeah, big ups, man, big ups to him and uh, the whole team that got to work on that. Yeah, yeah. They're beautiful. And they're on our website. If you want to watch yeah. them again. Yep. And I think that it's, it's just so cool that we have them now. They're kind of cataloged for reference. If we want more information associated with a broken place, now mm-hmm. those videos yeah. are there. And yeah, they're they're a sure. useful tool. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what we started with. And well, Barry, you technically ha- I started the sermon and then we did a video and then I, I know continued. you say that. I just get out. Uh, but <laughs> technically, uh, all right, fine. How how did you start the sermon, Barry? How I you- started it with the intro with the question. <laughs> yeah, about- why did God? Why did Why God, did God humanity? create humanity? And what's the answer? What did you think was the answer before I said anything? Did you have an answer in your uh, mind? My, because I actually forget what the actual answer is. Yeah. <laughs> so my answer is because he want he wanted to share his love with something with me. Yeah. That. Yeah. It's close. Great. That's it. That's pretty, it. pretty darn close to what he said. Yeah. What'd you say? 
that God's his love was so there's so much love he needed it overflowed the bounds of of himself and he yeah. needed to share it with another yeah. and he wanted to All share right. it with another yeah. yeah there it is yeah you're right okay um and for isolation you focused on Luke chapter 8 verses 42 through 48 right yeah so the, the story, story of, of the, the bleeding woman yeah. who touched Jesus's garments uh why did you choose that passage to talk about isolation you know i don't know as I was thinking about isolation, that was literally the first story that mm-hmm. popped into my head. Mm-hmm. And it, I, I acknowledge this in the sermon, at least at one of the services, the fact that you you hear that story and you think, no, that's a story about right. Jesus healing. Mm-hmm. Right. But it is actually a story about isolation because this particular illness this woman had would have been an extremely isolating thing. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus healing her and then taking the time to stop everybody in this big entourage and then call mm-hmm. her out and have ever, and then say your sins or, or go in peace, you're, you're healed. That would have actually been a really incredible way of bringing her back into community. Absolutely. You went to great lengths to describe the type of isolation that she would have had to endure. Right. Yeah. Will like, you touch on that just a minute for anybody who may have missed it? Yeah. What, why, why does she represent isolation or what what did she have to endure? Yeah. You gave us some world behind the text that I felt was so appropriate and so important for us to realize why she was that desperate. Right. So she was, a. uh, it refers to her. It says that she had a, a, she was bleeding constantly for 12 years and she hadn't been able to find a, um, any cure. And we don't know exactly what was wrong with her, but based on some of the context, contextual clues and, and some of the things we know, it's likely that this would have been considered, at least by like the Jewish legal minds of the time, this would have been considered equivalent to basically menstruating for 12 years, having your period for 12 years. And if you, in, in Jewish law, if you were on your period, you were considered ceremonially or ritually unclean, which means that you couldn't go to the temple to worship. You kind of you ha- you gained a status of unclean in the same yeah. way that you'd gain if you like touched a dead body or ate something that was unclean. You became un- you took a, a status of uncleanliness on yourself. And if someone were to touch you, if you were unclean, then then that person would also become unclean. So it was in everyone's best interest to avoid touching this woman or being near this woman to avoid being unclean. Yeah. And so she would have been very very isolated, um, even though. Yeah, she, she. We would say she didn't deserve that whatsoever. Uh, her yeah. community would have said, you know, sorry, this is just how it is. You're, you've got this issue, and we don't want to contaminate okay, so ourselves. Two thousand years later, are we allowed to say that that's weird? I think so. Well, I mean, we would say that's wrong. Yeah, I, wrong. <laughs> I said weird as a nice way of saying wrong. But the other thing is, I, I would be the first one to admit that it's easy for us to be judgmental of yeah. this whole clean unclean mm-hmm. culture because we don't understand it and we don't have anything analogous to it in our worldview as mm-hmm. modern westerners mm-hmm. but there was a in the ancient world the way of looking at you you looked at things and objects had statuses there were holy objects and normal objects in other words there were clean things and unclean things and keeping those distinctions and those boundary levels uh distinct was a really, really important way of understanding your world. It was their health code. It was health. Yeah. It was health code. It was, it was your social status. It was your, um, yeah. So I mean, things that we don't really think about, but when you look at the way the temple was designed, there are these barriers keeping apart certain things like 
certain people can go this far, certain objects can go this far towards the middle of the temple because your entire world essentially radiated outward from the Ark of the Covenant in the middle of the Holy of Holies all the way out and all the way into your like objects in your home. Yeah. What? I know. know, It's crazy. (laughs) We don't think that way because we're just like what it's, it's, it's yeah. a, this is a table like that's a you know it's not <laughs> we don't think unclean clean but yeah so all that to say i think we could say that the there's no way that god's desire was for injustice to be perpetrated for the sake of maintaining these kinds of codes yeah so i would say that that the interpretation of the law that led to them saying that this woman should be an outcast that was wrong i would yeah. i think we can safely say that but but i yeah. Yeah. And Jesus kept bringing us back to the heart of the law. Right. Because we've talked about that on this podcast before, how laws just were being invented right and left right. to keep people from even approaching breaking right. the law. And some of those laws were not necessarily right. God's laws, right. Right. but people just kept throwing right. up some more laws. Mm-hmm. Right. So all that to say, when Jesus calls her out and makes her explain what's been going on and then tells her, daughter he calls her daughter yes and he says he says uh your faith has healed you go in peace Mm -hmm. he is essentially making sure everybody in that community knew that she was no longer isolated that she could be welcomed back into community so he was he was a nurturer that's what we call the people Mm -hmm. who are um, trying to end isolation he was a nurturer even though it was a moment of healing yeah um there was something that caught my eye and it's caught my eye before when i've read this and I'm hoping you guys can answer. Uh, it says that he felt power go out from him. Yeah. <laughs> what gives? What's happening there? Yeah. What, what's going on there? Yeah, that is that is a really interesting... Uh, this was in Luke, but I believe the actual... Don't touch me. The original time <laughs> that this passage showed up was in Mark, and I don't know the, the reference off the top of my head. Because, um, uh, yeah, here it is, Mark 5. You literally just open your Bible He's to amazing. it. That's amazing. Right. That's, that's how I roll. Right. I think it's uh, in this uh, chapter. Here oh, it is. There it is. Uh, okay, let's see. This Who touched my pod. robe? This uh, is he kept great. On, sorry. Uh, great audio broadcasting. He, he Okay, he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Okay, so Mark, the original uh, version of this story does not have the healing power went out for me bit. That's mm. something that Luke adds. So... Perhaps that was something that another eyewitness to the event said. No, he said the thing about that and Mark forgot to put that in or whatever. Who knows? Yeah. But so, yeah, that's but I don't know what. But just, what does that mean? Somehow Jesus knew. Where are we at in Mark? Where is that in Mark? That's Mark five. And we were in Luke eight was the other uh, the one that we were looking at. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so should we all just Jesus, pause? Ge- no, no, no. This so is the good. listeners can listen to us flip through. No, we're good. We're Who's good. flipping. Well, I, I was okay. Uh, <laughs> no, so all all we can really uh, I I don't know. I'd be interested to know. Maybe maybe Tim knows more than me. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's the, it's meant to just indicate Jesus knew that he had just healed somebody, even though it was her, her faith. Yeah. Because the thing is, Jesus always acknowledges that he doesn't heal because he's got superpowers. He he heals because he he is in line with the father's will right. and the Holy spirit operates through him. So in some way we don't understand how he understood that the spirit had flown, had gone through him to heal this woman. Hmm. I don't know. All right. Yeah. I don't I, know. I don't know either. And I don't know if anybody knows, but I've thought about it 
every time it's come up, I'm like, how, what, how did, how did power leave him? Or like, yeah. How did that happen? I don't know. Okay. Mary, Sorry. What do you think? I just, I've always thought that it was like kind of what the story describes that she, she reached out and she grabbed his garment with intentionality and purpose. And it wasn't like, you know, I loved when the, the disciples said to Jesus, what are you talking about? We're in a crowd. Right. Everyone's touching you. And he's yeah. like, essentially he's saying, but she, this was different. Yeah. It wasn't just somebody brushing oh, up against me. Go ahead. I lied. It is, it is in Mark. Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him. Sorry. Mm. Right. So she, she reached out to him in a different way in a way that was marked and intentional and, and full of faith. He tells her your faith has healed you. Mm -hmm. Speaking of power leaving you, you said we're designed for community. Yeah. But what if, what if I, I, I've asked this a million times on the show. Yeah. What if I'm a part when I'm in community, it feels like power's leaving me. Like <laughs> you it, feel, it feels you like you're I'm getting drained. Yeah. Well, I mean, that is something we could talk about. I think part of that is we're all wired differently. Some of us like people mm -hmm. to be around people, but part of it, and I'm just going to be, I'll, I'll speak for myself here. Part of it is I called it social stamina. Yeah. yeah. I have less social stamina than I could. Mm -hmm. And I, there, when I first went to Kenya, it was every day was exhausting because it was constantly <laughs> these endless, yeah. endless conversations with people. And like, yeah. my, I, I've talked about this sometime. Uh, my host family would have people over for mm -hmm. dinner and it was just an ex expected that I would also be with them for dinner. And then when we moved into the living room to have chai, we would all be in there talking. And then when we were to begin leaving, we would all stand up and continue talking and then we'd move out into like the, the hallway and then continue talking. And then we move into the, how the do you not run out room. of things to talk about? I don't know. It's like, uh, that's, I don't know. And then by the end, we're all standing around their car talking and it's just finally, I'm like, what are you kidding me? Exactly. And, uh, yeah, then I could finally go and like be alone. And then I looked at the clock and I had to go straight to bed. So yeah, it, <laughs> yeah. I was exhausted, but by the end of my year in Kenya, my, my, I just slowed down. Like mm. you get used to just, it's okay to just be here and just be with other people. Mm -hmm. And it, yeah. So I think you can learn, you can gain more social stamina, but I think we've designed ourselves, a, we kind of painted ourselves into a corner culturally where everything is built around us trying to get back to being alone, staring into my phone, doing the things yeah. that quote unquote recharge me. Yeah. yeah. I wrote down social stamina because that was that was convicting to me. It was I like that you put those two words together. I don't know if you've read that somewhere or if you coined that, but that that really stuck out to me. I feel like there's been other seasons of my life where I've been better at it and had more social stamina. Yeah. And this season of my life is not that. And I felt convicted by that. Your dad mm. talked about it before about um, driving into our garages and closing the door behind yeah. us and yeah. not really interacting much with our neighbors. And I was convicted by, by that. I think when I was younger, especially when my husband and I were maybe first dating or, or first married, we had all the social stamina to hang out with friends and, you know, but seasons change and kids grow and then their, their things are keeping us busy and yeah. where I've got social, like nothing. <laughs> I've got social nothing. Social nothing. But like Sunday after service, um, 
Jackie Owens is one of our singers at North Indy, and uh, she and I both needed to go grocery shopping. And it was the greatest. We had lunch, and then we just did menial tasks. We went grocery mm-hmm. shopping. We shared a cart. I went back to her house. We hung out with her dog. It was like we we didn't have much of an agenda. We just hung out. Right. So I think that is part of it. So when I'm thinking about this, and I'm and Friday, we talked about Friday night. That's that's the part where you're like, okay, it's worth it. Where no matter what, whether you're an introvert, the biggest introvert in the world, if you're getting baptized, you've got a group of people standing around you, like yeah. cheering for you. That I can't imagine anybody being trained by that. Right. You that's know? that's what we're made for, exactly. Yeah. And you know what? I mean, after an event like Friday night, I was fe- like, if someone had said, "Hey, do you guys want to go out and grab?" snacks or appetizers somewhere and just talk i would have gone out and even though i was tired and exhausted and i had to preach the next day because at that point you're like ah community it's like i want this it's invigorating yeah yeah but yeah but if i've been home alone all day and then then i've got to go to some social thing i'm like oh like i'd rather i'm just so tired i'd rather be home it's like yeah pitifully insufficient (laughs) <laughs> I think it's, I think like anything else, it's something that can be developed. Social stamina can be developed. Yeah. So what I want that. The the thing that I was pointing out, trying to point out, I, I, it's one of those topics. I wish I had a full, like half an hour to flesh it out, but the, there, there is the cultural trend towards self-isolation, but mm-hmm. what kind of gets left even farther behind is the fact that those who are isolated through no choice of their own, whether through circumstance, people who are isolated, seniors in nursing homes, like because we are drifting into this lack of social stamina, it's also leading to those who are on the margins getting for, left even further behind. Sure. Um, and I put this in the app notes and I, I, when we talk about senior living communities, I want to make sure like, yes, there are so many reasons why that's the right choice for a family. And I don't, I don't want to make it seem like if your grandmother or something is in a retirement community, that makes you somehow a bad person. I'm not, but I, yeah, I don't I, know if people interpret it that way. Okay. I, I just want to make, I, I thought I had a little thought in my mind, but one of the things that I pointed out in my app notes was when like, and I keep using Kenya cause I've been spent two years of my life there. So in Kenya, I've had conversations with people who just were baffled at the idea of a, of a nursing home. They, mm. they couldn't, they just didn't, they had no context for it because in their community, well, I didn't put this in the app, but basically they're like, if I'm going to send my kids to school and feed them for all those years, they better take care of me when, <laughs> when I get old. You know, they kind of had this, this, it's just a part of their Yeah. But they also are comfortable with big families. Everybody's around and you just, Mm -hmm. that's just how, how you operate. A lot like Latin America. Exactly. Which is why, again, you see our, our Latino community after service on Sundays hangs out till like one 30 in the lobby. They're all just talking and having (laughs) everyone else is just gone. But you know, it's just, it's a, it's a communal, it's a cultural thing. Yeah. In service we're you're talking about this and I'm sitting next to my dad and he, he goes, can I come live with you? <laughs> uh, we'll talk about this later. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know that I've said it on the pod yet, but you know, everybody knows that my mom has cancer and she's going through a lot and my dad is her caretaker. And so it's a lot on him to take care of my mom. But within the last two months, they've taken in my grandma full time. 
wow. living with them, despite everything else that he has on his plate. Mm-hmm. Now, grandma's there and she she's trying to be helpful in as much as she can yeah. in her more lucid moments. But mm-hmm. she also has the moments where that's the reason she's living there. It's not safe for her to live on her own anymore. So I was so moved by the whole Gerald's video. Mm-hmm. I think I started crying at like 30 seconds in yeah. and I could not reel it in. I just couldn't pull it back in. <laughs> I was sitting next to, uh, Ashleen plays keys at North India. I was sitting next to her and she just started patting my back. Like, are, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I, just, yeah. I can't, I can't, I can't bring it back. If, I just lost it. If, it you was didn't, gone. if you didn't see the video, Gerald Cozy oh. felt a, he, he kind of tells a story of how he felt a call to care for seniors. And ultimately that led to him being a nursing home administrator mm-hmm. and, yeah, it's just a video of him just having these sweet interactions with these elderly folks. And, oh, it's so touching. It's such a dramatic career change for him. Oh, yeah. He was in pharmaceuticals. Yeah. And, yeah. I think that's part of what inspired me so much. And mm. then my whole life just flashed before my eyes because I also had Whoa. lived with my grandparents yeah. when I was young. My grandfather... Um, probably was the first to put a guitar in my hands. Mm. We used to go to nursing homes and sing together mm. when I was in junior high, um, just on a whim out for a walk with one of my girlfriends. And I saw a senior center in our neighborhood and I said, we should see if we could volunteer there. And so we started volunteering there in junior high school. Wow. Just What'd you do? Setting tables, oh, yeah. um, helping with like holiday parties, costume <laughs> parties. Mm. Yeah. I loved it. Cool. And then my first job out of high school was working for senior citizens at a, the church that my husband and I were a part of had a low income housing for senior citizens. So you're and definitely a nurturer. My goodness. But I would not have said that. Hmm. Coming to Grace Church has given me language mm. to associate mm. with the story of my life. I would never have said before, oh yeah, I'm a nurturer. I, yeah. I, I would not have seen myself that way. But it's like that calling quilt thing. No one has walked me through that yet, but I was Let's having right a now. moment. Let's not. I was <laughs> having a moment Sunday morning where I saw this series of events just come together. Mm. And it made me feel like, Man, I know what I'm gonna do when it's time for me to have a career change. Like that just gave so me. So that life. fires you up. Yes, the this idea is of my that place. fires you up. I think I told my husband every every broken place, you know, sermon that we have had up to this point. I've been able to see Jaden in it. I've been able to see, oh, that's my Desi Jed. I think this is you. Yeah. But I did not sob through one like mm. I did the isolation one. Mm. Wow. It just grabbed my heart. That's the thing. Hmm. That's the thing with these. And I, I want to make sure we reereate again. There are six broken places. We have six titles for different people. That <laughs> He's really not, excited about it. No, no, no. Hold on. I, that does not mean that, that you have to be like shoehorned into just one. Yeah. And yeah. Like I, I think that you could probably pick three that are most, you know, impactful for you. And that probably defines some of where you're calling us. All that to say. There, the way you know that you've stumbled across something to pay attention to is when it gives you life. When you find yourself, your your pulse quickens when you think about it. Your eyes get wide. You get excited when you when you have experiences that have to do with it. Like it, it's it gets into our wiring. Mm-hmm. And so what we've been trying to do with this series is just kind of paint the picture of what some of these things look like, so that hopefully, mm-hmm. as you're sitting there, you're going, oh. Yeah, that yeah. fires me up. And I've had, I had people come up to me saying just what you said, like, I, I didn't realize it, but I think I'm a nurturer. And mm-hmm. I had other people coming up to me and saying, that's it. I'm an ambassador. Like I get yeah. it. So it, that's what this is for, which is really cool. Mm. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. 
So awesome. I mean, I, I met my husband working in a homeless shelter. Hmm. Talk about isolation, you know? Yeah. Some of my favorite places to lead worship were recovery meetings, you yeah. know? I was hmm. leading worship once at a, like a halfway kind of place for, for ex-cons. They just, they just got <laughs> yeah. out of prison. They needed like a, a church where they could kind of re-enter into society. And I was their worship leader. <laughs> yeah. I, this is my thing. This yeah. is my space. Yeah. So... To, end, to go back to the rooted celebration thing, at the end of the night, I was walking back to get my stuff and there were like EMTs coming in and out yeah. from back behind stage. And somebody mm. had had uh, an issue with his heart. Mm-hmm. And it's been a, it's been a, I think a recurrent thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For, I don't, him, I don't but, know who he is yeah. or um, any, anything. I just know that I walked back there and I saw his rooted group basically like standing around him. Yeah. And. Once he left with the with the ambulance, they were all talking about who's going to the hospital, like mm. talking about like, I'll go first, you go, you know, and these are people that I met at board game night. So I knew them a little bit, um, but th- that is the community and that is, I don't know how, if he's lonely, I don't, I don't know who he is, but uh, that is the community that, man, Everybody deserves that. Right. Where and, it's like and, and somebody's going to come to your hospital. Right. Yeah. Notice you know. the language they use. Not should we go to the hospital, yes. but who's, who's going, going first yeah. and who's going. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We, yeah. Everybody in on planet Earth deserves a community like that. Yeah. That, that knows you. And mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so to end the nurturing part, you, you said uh, if you're a nurturer, just dive in. Yeah. I, yeah, I could have just given like, I could have given like a detailed, like five-step plan, but I was like, no, just, if this is your heart, just start the, the more you interact with the things that fire you up, the more you're going to discover the details of what fires you up and you're going to get more and more honed in on what it is that, Mm -hmm. that gives you life. Just, that's like the best advice I could give is just, just try it. Don't, don't just sit around thinking about it. Like actually get involved with the thing. Yeah. Even if you just feel a little bit of a flicker. Like, wow, this is kind of interesting to me. I wonder, oh, what would that be like if I went to a nursing home? Like, if that's you, mm-hmm. try it out. Sure. Worst case scenario, yeah. it doesn't work out and you go find something else. But it may be the thing that unlocks, opens a whole door for you, you know? And I would add to that, just pay attention. Well, because yeah. If just from my life experiences, I seem to attract lonely people hmm. or I am kind of like a heat, a heat seeker for lonely people where it's like, man, why does that person keep coming around? You know, mm-hmm. maybe there's already somebody in your life that keeps coming around and God has already endowed you with this gift. And that's the person that you can reach out to. We'll talk about it in a minute, but I loved when Kathy Foley, who was our example of an ambassador uh, moving into the broken place of separation, she said that for her, it's just one-on-one. Yeah. You know, it, it, it might not be, you know, serving a group of lonely people like yeah. was the case with Gerald's story. It might be more of a one-on-one situation. So yeah. I'd say and, pay attention. And his began with a relationship with one man. Mm-hmm. Remember in the video, he started with a relationship yeah, that's right. with one man and that kindled within him a desire to do more. And yeah, yeah. God took that. And if you, at the very beginning, when he first started hanging out with, I think he said, Mr. David, is that what he called him? Mm-hmm. Uh, when he first started hanging out with Mr. David, if you had said someday you're going to run a nursing home, he would have been like, I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but God has his way. Yeah. Um, so when you said just dive in, I just had this picture in my mind of like everybody just all of a sudden going around being like, I'm here to nurture you. <laughs> like, nah, we're, I'm good. 
don't touch me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but okay, so when I see a video like Gerald mm-hmm. and I talk, I'm listening to you guys. Um, I am a very like literal interpreter, interpreter. Yeah, interpreter. That, that's tater. You're a very literal <laughs> tater. You're a literal tater. <laughs> literal tater. All right. So I'm like, well, I don't know. I don't know if I have the heart or the passion for like nursing homes or the elderly, you know, but so where are other places I could dive in? Like what are other people, groups or types of people that I could go explore or dive in to attack the place of isolation? Yeah. What do you guys think? Well, I listed a few. Uh, first of all, there's leading rooted group. If that facilitating, you don't have to be a teacher. If you can facilitate a conversation then basically we'll give you the people you just (laughs) facilitate the conversation and watch God do the rest. Um, There are plenty of opportunities in foster care. There's Mm. a, at the Fisher's campus specifically, there's a group of people who are part of something called, uh, I think it's care communities for foster care where you essentially help out foster families who are loving on isolated children, where you go mow lawns and help out with other Mm. stuff. That's one thing you could do or, you know, get, involved in with safe families or, or foster care or something like that. Yeah. Uh, working with, uh, vets, veterans coming home from wars. There's, um, Oh, what did I say? There's a bunch of different, Oh, teenagers. My goodness. Mm. I mean, we've got so many middle school and high school students who, I, I mean, you got, we would all say the people who the adults that loved us when we were going through those years mm-hmm. helped us find our way. And, mm-hmm. Many, many young adults are facing intense isolation right now. So being a leader of, of a, a group or even I was telling someone the other day, he was like, how do I get involved? Because I'm not very I'm not I, I care about students, but I'm definitely not an extrovert. And I don't know how to, I don't think I could lead a group. And I was like, well, you could probably volunteer in production and just keep your eyes open like production yeah. for our high school ministry and just keep your eyes open. See if you notice a student who's always by themselves and go yeah. talk to them. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you don't have to yeah. have to be a big win some funny extrovert to, uh, yeah. to reach people. So I don't know. Those are just some ideas. What do you think, Marin? Prison ministry is one oh, that yeah. comes to mind. Yeah. Hmm. I just did, this is a little bit of an update, pastor update for me. I just went and visited someone in prison, uh, for the first time. Oh, really? One-on-one. And he, he has not yet been convicted. So he's in a, but it's just a whole long story, but he had only been visited by his lawyer and the prison chaplain and me. And he'd been in there since December. Mm. So, Sheesh. Talk yeah, about isolation. Talk about isolation. So, uh, and he wasn't, al- he's not allowed to meet face to face with his family. He can, mm. he can do video chat with them when they come to the, to the jail. So I was literally the, the mm. third outsider that he had spoken to face to face in the, in the, and so yeah, prison yeah. history indeed. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So moving on, you, uh, you talked about healers or nurturers. Uh, the broken place of isolation, and then you we move to separation. Yeah, and um, the the people who are entering into healing separation, what are they called? Ambassadors. Ambassadors. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we featured Kathy Foley, who shared a great story about a young girl that she met and uh, watched her journey being introduced to Christ. But um, what I was watching this, and I was like, okay, unless I'm like unless I'm an evangelist or like standing on a street corner somewhere, how do I use my get my gift or my passion for being an ambassador or bringing people in a, in, in a way that's like impacts many 
many lives rather because Kathy did the one-on-one thing and sure. that, that's super impactful. But if I'm a, if I'm a literal tater, I think that that's the only way I can do it. What does tater mean again? I already forgot. Interpretator. Oh, interpretator. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, so let's talk about that real quick. And, um, what, what stood out to you about, about Kathy's story, but yeah. also about, um, being ambassadors. And then if I'm not like that, what are some other ways I can become an ambassador? Well, here's one thing that stood out with what you were just saying. Kathy's thing, she it seems to be more one-on-one. But I would say never underestimate what that one-on-one change yeah. will bring to the masses. And this might be given a little bit away, but we did a surprise pod that will be released um, during our Hope Month with oh, yeah. uh, Marathi. Um, no, Celestin. Our, oh, I'm sorry. Yes, Celestin, who heads our alarm, not our, but the yeah, alarm. Partner ministry, yeah. Partner ministry, right. And he talked about how one woman in, what was it, Cincinnati? Yeah, oh, somewhere uh, in Ohio. Yeah, yeah, somewhere in Ohio was supporting him with like a dollar a month or yeah, something crazy. She was crazy. recycling. Every, yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Wait for it. It's a really great Wait story. Wait for it. It was probably. Spoiler alert for six sorry, weeks from giving now. it all away. Probably my favorite pod we've <laughs> ever done. It was my favorite. But one person impacted his one life mm. and he is now being used to bring healing and reconciliation to one of the worst genocides we've ever seen. Mm. One person impacting one person's life. And so this one-on-one thing that Kathy does or this one-on-one thing that you're doing, we have no earthly way sure. of knowing how many people that one person right. will impact. Yeah. So I would just say never never underestimate the power of the one-on-one. Right. That's true because I'm doing uh, or I have done uh, what we call way of discipleship around here, where it's a one-on-one relationship for a series of years. And you go through habits and practices of Jesus, um, where you're trying to, you're trying to help disciple another person. And my mentality is like, well, that's not enough. It's not enough. I gotta be, how can I do this for like 50 people or a hundred people or whatever? Um, but you're right. You shouldn't underestimate the one-on-one like intimate relationship that you can build that would bring somebody. Yeah. To come Christ. to think of it. Most of the world changers that I know era comes to mind mm-hmm. in Ukraine. Most of them started with a one-on-one, somebody reaching out to them, discipling them. Yeah. I, I think most of our world changers mm-hmm. begin that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, and I would just say part of what I talked about is the fact that it being an ambassador does not mean arguing with people about spiritual issues. It does not mean strong arming them, trying to like convert them over to your side. What it means is sharing your story Hmm. of being transformed by Jesus, your testimony. That's what that word means where you were saying, this is who I was. This is who I am. I want you to experience what I've experienced. Yeah. And that, that is something that happens only when we are in communication and in relationship with people who are not part of the church. And Mm -hmm. so frankly, an answer, one answer to your question is find where are you engaged in, in community that is outside of the Christian bubble. And I, I have to look at my own life and think about this. I mean, it's, 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 it's hard for, it's hard for for staff staff people. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Why do you think, why do you, why? Why is it hard for staff people? Because if I'm that person that's at work all day with Christians Mm-hmm. And then I go pull into my garage and I close the door behind me and I'm at home with more Christians yeah. and that's my life. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. And it, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to once Liv and I have a house and a neighborhood, we can begin to kind of try to get to know 
our neighbors and mm-hmm. hopefully they won't all be other Christians, you yeah, know? And right now for me, that's the YMCA. That's the Fisher's YMCA. Yeah. That's where I'm getting to know people who aren't, you know, just affiliated with grace. I'm not from here, you know? So my <laughs> world is yeah. my house Zumba. and my work yeah. and Zumba. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Someone that I'm talking to, like I'll see her tonight is my Zumba buddy. Cool. Yeah. The other thing though, let's, let's remember, Okay. This is new. I'm going to, this is, I'm just thinking out loud here. So I need you guys to help me think this one through. But since we don't, yes, we talk about salvation as something that happens to you. It's a status change. You were not saved. You are now saved. But we as a church don't emphasize just getting over the line, like going to heaven when you die as the main goal. We want the whole person to become like Christ, right? Mm -hmm. That's ultimately what we're trying to do. So, I would argue if if separation from God is a matter of of not yet becoming experiencing the relationship with God that you were meant to have then there are ways to be an ambassador even with people who call themselves Christians where you are drawing yeah. and in fact I think a lot of my job a lot of my role in in being an ambassador has to do with that Amen where I am I am helping people who say well I'm a Christian so I'm going to heaven and yet they aren't experiencing the life that they could through, through Christ. I want them to experience. So in a sense, I'm being an ambassador, even to people who already have the title. Oh Lord. So, okay. So do you, do you believe I do spoiler alert? I do believe this. Do you believe (laughs) that, uh, people call it, could call themselves to Christians and be farther away from God than somebody that is not a Christian would be? Yeah, the thing is, ultimately, we can't. We're not God. <laughs> of course, we're, we're okay. not God, so we can't. Yeah. We can't judge. We're not telling people. We don't know who's. Well, okay, just yeah. as separated from God, like. But yeah, I mean, yeah. it's I, again, absolutely. I don't think there it's, are people doing reprehensible things that are calling themselves Christians, or we even doing those things in the name of Jesus, exactly. which is yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think the thing is, I don't look at faith as a binary. Okay, mm-hmm. I don't look at it as like a light switch. It's either on or off. I think I think our relationship with Christ is a is a relationship. It's a journey, and it, just because you're you could you could be the child of somebody and never talk to them, but that that you're still their child. But like that relationship, yeah, isn't the same as somebody who has a deep and abiding relationship with with their parent. You know, it's like yeah, it, it, I don't know. It, and by the way, you're either you're either constant well. You're either in a state of moving away from God or moving toward God, whether you're in relationship with him or not. Like if I'm in relationship with God, I could still move away. I could still move in the direction away from him. Yeah. You know, toward more separation. But I need people in my life that will continue to encourage me and bring me toward God. Shepherds. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And you could get into a lot of semantic arguments about what if you look at the, the parable of the, of the lost son, the prodigal son, Yeah, you know, the relationship was, there was always a relationship between the father and the son. It's just a matter of that son choosing to return home Mm -hmm. that, that changed how that relationship worked itself out. Yeah. So I, yeah, I mean, it's all that to say for me, I want everybody to experience the life and the joy and the purpose and the hope and all this, the stuff that I believe comes through a relationship with Jesus. And so whether you call yourself a Christian or not, I'm dedicated to helping you experience all of those things because I believe that in, in Christ we can become new people. Mm. So that's why I'm, that's why I get out of bed in the morning. Yeah. And that's what, 
like I said in the sermon, for me, thinking that it was all about justice, that's what I thought I was all about. And then I'd go and I'd, I'd get on the front lines and, and maybe help out with justice stuff. And I still care about all that. But then I'd come home and I'd help other people awaken to how they might get involved and they'd get all fired up and, mm-hmm. and I'd get like so much life out of that. And that's when I began to realize, oh, I actually really want people to understand how great life can be in yeah. Christ. Mm-hmm. That's why I get out of bed. That's why I'm, that's why I care about justice and yeah. care about all the other, all the other broken places. So hmm. is this the end of the series? Next week, uh, this this coming weekend, uh, Dad is going to do a whole message about the calling quilt as oh, sort yeah, of like right. a sort of I guess it's kind of like an appendix, but yeah, mm-hmm. culmination of the series. Okay, and he's taken somebody through it. Yes, during services, right? Yes. So we've done this before. Were you here for this? Mary? No, I've only heard about this. I'm excited. Okay, yeah, it was fascinating the first time he did it. He's only done it once uh, in services. Mm-hmm. He did it a couple years ago, and it was fascinating. Uh, exercise. So I'm really excited to see it again. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you never know what's going to come out of it, but there's always, he, the way he described, did he describe this on the pod last time? Basically he said, there's always like one of two reactions, either one, it's like a flash of light where they're like, Oh my word, that's Mm -hmm. it. That's Mm -hmm. what I'm here for. And it all, or it's, Oh, I know my next step. Yeah. Even if they don't know like what the end result is, they know, Oh, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to take this next step. Mm -hmm. And so either way, I think that's what we're going to see this weekend and I'm excited. Okay. Right. It's always risky doing something like that live because you never know what's going to come right, out of it. Right. But. That's awesome though. Cool. All right. Uh, and then after that, we're getting ready for Easter. Yeah. A lot of stuff coming uh, prior to Easter. And then um, you talked a little bit about that. You talked about this a little bit on Friday at the rooted celebration, but um, starting later in April, we're going to be kicking off this thing called hope month. Yeah. Um, and I think it's appropriate to start talking about that now. So yeah. do you mind giving us a quick 30 seconds on what hope month is and why people should be getting excited about it? Yep. So we have begun the idea of starting potentially annually spending a whole month looking at one specific broken place. And so essentially over the course of six years, we would cover all six broken places and then start over. So this Mm -hmm. time we decided to pick the least, uh, The, the least controversial Just and the easy on easiest ramp. one. So we're going to talk about <laughs> hatred, which involves everything from racism to immigration issues to get cross- out of my face, <laughs> cross cultural issues, economic issues. Just dive right in. We're gonna we're gonna be kind of hitting this. Sounds this like head a blast. <laughs> but here's the cool thing. I think I think it will be a blast because mm-hmm. even though these are controversial topics, we are going to be talking about what Grace Church can become in this world that is so filled with hate. And I believe we're going to come out of the other side of it with a clearer understanding of what our church is here for. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's cool. And the other cool twist to this, which I don't know that we're always going to do this, but um, this year for Hope Month, we are having it be a unified series, which means we are doing basically every ministry at Grace will be doing something along the lines of Hope Month. So life groups are going to be going through a Hope Month curriculum that coincides with the messages. Our Grace Kids are going to be doing and and fuse our middle school ministry. They're going to have content related, like age appropriate content, taking them through the same ideas. And then we're going to have like a congregational challenges that everybody does. Families do. We'll have a family study guide. It's Mm -hmm. going to be cool. And, and it coincides with our outreach 
ministry, highlighting many of our partners. We have a big partner expo. Yeah. So, man, it's just going to be like full force, Mm-mm. all and of Grace Church. pods galore. Yeah. So <laughs> we stashed a couple pods away that we've already recorded is what she said. She, spo- she tried to spoil it about 10 minutes ago, but yeah. We're going to keep those no, in the I'm chamber. No, I'm excited. We, those of us who've been working on this idea, we're excited about it. Yeah. I'm excited about the way it's going to, uh, my kids and I have been having some great conversations after even just this series, mm. just kind of touching on the broken place and trying to fit two broken places into one yeah. service. Mm-hmm. You really just get a, a blip, you yeah, know? So for us taste. to just be able to mm-hmm. kind of sit in it for a couple of weeks yep. and really the conversations that, that are going to come from that, that's what I get excited about. Yeah. yeah. And the fun thing about doing it as a unified series, which I'm sure we'll talk more about, is that we're... It's not just the preaching team bringing this to the congregation. This is like the whole staff working together to bring these. And so one of the things that I won't spoil it, but one of the things, Carrie Honeycutt and her team, they work on the, the children's ministry curriculum. And as they were working to adapt this curriculum, they came up with this one concept and slogan that was so good yeah. and just so catchy that we're actually going to probably utilize it for adults and big church. And it's just yep. like, this is great. This is a lot of fun. Yep. Yeah. Spoiler alert. It's gird your loins. <laughs> That's the phrase. We're going to yeah, have a giant, just- <laughs> banner, giant banner on the road that just says gird your loins. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Grace Church, Hope Month, gird your loins. <laughs> All right. Look forward to that. But until then, Marin, will you please send us out? I will. Do justly, love, mercy, and walk humbly with your God. And we'll see you on the other side of Sunday. 